Thank you, friend. Open your Bibles, the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 6. We're honored to be here. I've been looking forward for some time in coming. I'm certainly, uh, certainly excited and elated to be here. God is in the revival business. Make no mistake about it, what God has done in the past and on the pages of the Bible, He is interested in doing in the present. And we don't want just another meeting. We don't want just another series of services. But it ought to be the heart cry. It ought to be the longing. It ought to be the sole prayer of every single born-again believer that God would grant and give to us revival. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14 is the verse that I used for Sunday school this morning. And it is what I call a classic verse on revival. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God is in the revival business. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, and I'll take but <coughs> one verse of Scripture for our text, uh, and it will be verse number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 2. And I would invite you to stand with me as I read the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 2. You'll want to be in the service tonight at 6 o'clock and then Monday night, Tuesday night, and then the preacher will close the meeting on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. You want to be in the revival meeting. I like to tell folks over the Caldwell where I'm preaching a meeting that if they're a member of the church that is hosting, <coughs> that is holding that meeting, then their place that week is not in front of a television set, but in front of a fundamental pulpit. And so I know that you'll want to be in your place. I, like Brother Caldwell, have heard from any number of people that are going to be coming, and we're grateful for that. But this is the church's revival meeting. And although there will be visitors in every service, we certainly want to back. We certainly want to stand by. We certainly want to there uh, support our revival meeting. Had the joy a number of years ago in meeting uh, Brother Caldwell in a great uh, jubilee meeting in the state of Michigan. I so appreciate him and his sweet family, and I'm honored to be here. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and I'll take but one verse of Scripture for our text, and it will be verse 2. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. For he saith, I've heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And for a few moments I want to speak to you on the subject this morning, why you should be saved today. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this privilege to stand behind a sacred desk to preach the Word of God. If unto my heart I want to be a blessing, 
But the only way that I can be is if you hide me behind the cross and fill me with the Spirit. Place a hedge around this great church by the blood of Christ to keep the devil and his demons from hindering this service. Save the sinner and stir the saint. Heavenly Father, for all that you'll do in our midst and even in our hearts this morning, we will be careful to give you all the praise and honor and glory. Bless and protect my precious family as I am away. Give us fresh warm bread from the oven of heaven to feed from this morning. Lord, I'd request, oh, how I would request that you'd clothe me in my calling. For we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. From one end of God's word to the other, a person can observe both the exhortations and the examples on why they should never put off trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. Delay is both scripturally dangerous and spiritually disastrous. To procrastinate is to play Russian roulette with your soul. The prime time for one to do business with God is the present time. Why you should be saved today. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we find that the Apostle Paul presents the case to give no offense, no offense in the gospel ministry. Now this chapter could be easily or effortlessly outlined like this. The plea of verses 1 through 2. The priority, verse 3. The pain, verses 4 through 5. The patience, verses 6 through 7. The paradox, verses 8 through 10. The parent, verse uh, uh, 11, verses 11 through 13. And then the prohibition, verses 14 through uh, 18. It is well, the Apostle Paul is dealing under the direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit with the plea that an individual sees one, Brother Caldwell, of countless uh, uh, personal and pressing altar calls God puts on the pages of His inspired and preserved Bible. Verse 2, For He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That word secured in the Greek language simply means helped. The sister verse of 2 Corinthians 6, 2 is Isaiah 49, 8. And every verse in the Bible has what I call a sister verse. And often that sister verse throws more light upon the verse that you're musing, meditating, or making a study of. 
Again, the sister verse of 2 Corinthians 6, 2 is Isaiah 49, 8. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause, to inherit the desolate heritages. Evangelist Oliver B. Green once wrote about our text, Paul is here saying that the acceptable time has arrived. He went on to write, Messiah had come. Now God is willing to pardon and save not only the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. And then Dr. Oliver B. Green ties up his thought by simply writing, he would show mercy to all men who would have faith in his only begotten Son, the Savior of the world. Never forget, since God said that lost mankind should be saved now, who does anyone think he is to make heaven wait even five minutes for this monumental moment? Now, if you miss everything that I preached this morning, I pray that you would not miss that. And it even bears repeating, since God, since God, since God said that lost mankind should be saved now, who does anyone think he is to make heaven wait even five minutes for this monumental moment? Friend, you and I, both the unsaved and the saved, need to recognize that today, not tomorrow, is when a person should trust the lovely Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Now quickly this morning, I want to give you three. Three basic reasons, Bible reasons, why a man, a woman, uh, a boy, and a girl must receive Christ today. Let's quickly notice it this morning, why you should be saved today. Number one, the brevity of life. James 4.14, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. A basic Bible reason why a man, a woman, a boy, and a girl must receive Christ today is because of the brevity of life. In James 4.14, the Apostle James tells us that our lives are brief, brother Caldwell, at best. The Holy Spirit, like a prosecuting attorney in the courtroom of all the ages, raises the question, what is mankind's existence like? And then he brings in lightning speed uh, the convicting answer to that question evaporating mist. The hymn writer must have had this same truth upon his heart when he penned time. What an empty vapor it is. And days, how swift they are. Swift as an Indian arrow flies or like a shooting star. The present moment just appear, then slide away in haste. We, we that we can say they are here, but only say They are past. Our life is ever on the wing, and death is ever nigh. The moment when our lives begin, we all begin to die. Albert Einstein, who happened to be the 24th smartest person in the world, they made a list of the 24 smartest people in the world, and 
Albert Einstein was on that list. Brother Caldwell, if they would have extended it to 25, I think I might have had <coughs> a little bit of a chance. But Albert Einstein, who was on the list of the 24 smartest people in all the world, once said, each of, our, each of us are here for but a brief sojourn. Friend, you and I need to recognize that today, not tomorrow, is when a person should trust the lovely Lord Jesus Christ because of the brevity of life. The Bible says in Job 9, 25 and 26, Now my days are swifter than a post. They flee away. They see no good. Uh, they are uh, passed away as the swift ships, as the eagle that hasteneth to the prey. Newsflash, from land, the mailman. From sea, the mighty ocean-going vessel. And from air, the majestic eagle, God, every single day, is trying to get both the lost and the saved to see that our life is a limited portion of time. In the city of Cleveland, Ohio, on the front porch of a home in a thickly populated residential section is a neatly wrapped, full-sized casket. It's been there for years. It has become an object of sightseeing. Uh, it is of a most, most uh, uh, macabre nature, and so much so that Ripley included it in a reference uh, uh, to his Believe It or Not uh, column. An aged cabinet maker who lives alone made the cabinet, or rather the casket, placed it on the front porch uh, of his home. There it sits uh, and waits the time uh, of the oldster's demise. Well, I can imagine that your loved ones wouldn't sign off on a casket on the porch or in the front room or even store it in the garage, it would still do all of us a, a tremendous amount of good to have some uh, close visible reminder that life is short. A reason that you should be saved uh, today and not tomorrow, that you should be saved now and not later, uh, is uh, the brevity of life. Number two, let me hasten. The beckoning of the Holy Spirit. Genesis 6, 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be in 120 years. A basic Bible reason why a man, a woman, a boy and a girl must receive Christ today is because of the beckoning of of the Holy Spirit. In Genesis 6, 3, the prophet Moses tells us that God is certainly long-suffering. Uh, for those who lived in Brother Noah's day, it happened to be 120 years. But there comes a line, listen, a person can cross and a limit that a person can crash. Dr. John R. Rice once said about this scene in the Scripture, so Christ was in the saving business in the Old Testament. And the Holy Spirit was warning men then as now. Dr. Rice went on to write, but a heart can, can uh, become so uh, uh, against God and becomes no longer amiable uh, to his sweet insistence and thus pass beyond the time he can ever be saved. 
sinner. But that doesn't make the blood in your veins right now run cold. You just might be in worse shape than you thought. Friend, you and I need to recognize that today, not tomorrow, is when a person uh, should trust uh, the lovely Lord Jesus Christ because uh, of the beckoning of the Holy Spirit. There's several tools that the Holy Spirit will use to their soften a sinner's heart, tools from his spiritual toolbox. First of all, there is scriptures. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. A tool that the Holy Spirit will use from his supernatural toolbox to soften a sinner's heart for salvation is scriptures. Every time the Bible is open, the Holy Spirit is using it to cut open a heart. Scriptures. Uh, secondly, situations. Uh, Isaiah 30, 21, and thine ear shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, that when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. A tool that the Holy Spirit will use from his supernatural toolbox to soften a sinner's heart for salvation is situations. The Holy Spirit often uses crucial uh, circumstances to get a lost sinner to Calvary. Just this year, I was in a revival meeting. In fact, it happened to me my first uh, uh, revival meeting of, of 2020. Uh, and uh, after the service that Sunday morning, a man came to me who I'd recognized uh, from the year before. And he said, Dr. Hamlin, in this revival meeting last year, would have been 2019, I had trusted Christ as my Savior. He said, that week, uh, my wife had left me. Our home was broken. He said, my heart was absolutely broken as well. He said, but God used that to get me saved. Situation. Thirdly, sermons. Acts 2.14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Uh, a, a tool that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, there uh, uh, uses from a supernatural toolbox to soften a sinner's heart for salvation is sermons. There are people right now who live in the palatial mansions in a pearly white city called heaven all because God is there. God there is partial in using Bible preaching. I mean all over heaven this morning there are people that have been saved that have trusted Christ that have been born again all over heaven because God there uses preaching to see people saved. Bible preaching all oh, that every single individual that was in this service this morning would realize the tools that the Holy Spirit will use from a supernatural toolbox 
to soften a sinner's heart for salvation is scriptures, situations, and sermons. Dr. George W. Truett was a great preacher of yesteryear. And once Dr. Truett was preaching to a large audience from the text of Acts 7, 51, he do always resist the Holy Ghost as he emphasized the danger of the unsaved turning an unhearing ear to the wooing of the Holy Spirit and finally coming to the place where his voice is no longer heard. An aged man in the audience interrupted the preacher by hollering, Dr. Truett, you're describing my case. Not knowingly, my brother, said the great preacher, but you are, said the old man, in my youthful years, the Holy Spirit, oh my, frequently convicted me of sin and my need of the Savior each time I refused to obey the Spirit's call and continued in my sinful ways. The time came, said the man from the audience, the time came, When I no longer heard his pleading from that time, I've never had the slightest desire to turn from sin to God. I would give anything I possess if I could feel tonight as I felt years ago when the Spirit strived with me. Oh, a reason why that you ought to be saved today and not tomorrow is because of the beckoning of the Holy Spirit. Who are you to brush off the Spirit of God? Who are you to push away the Spirit of God? Who are you to ignore the Spirit of God because there will come a day when you'll wish a 10 million times over that you hadn't pushed him away. The beckoning of the Holy Spirit. And then number three and last of all, not only the brevity of life and the beckoning of the Holy Spirit, but number three and last of all, the blood of Calvary. Luke 23, 33, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. A basic Bible reason why a man, a woman, a boy and a girl must receive Christ today is because of the blood of Calvary. In Luke 23, 33, the apostle Luke tells us that On the cruel Roman middle cross, the divine Son of God deliberately poured out His precious blood for the sins of all the world. Let me just say in passing that you're confused about Calvary when you think that they took His life there. You don't find that in the Bible. They did not take the life of Christ on Calvary because Jesus is not a martyr, He's a Savior. He laid down His life at Calvary. If Jesus would have chose to still be there for the Caldwell, right now, he still would be there. He is not a martyr of religion. He is the Savior of the world. Within those four words, wrapped in those four words, there they crucified him is the heart of the scriptures, the hope of sinners, the hallelujah of saints, and the horror of Satan. The hymn writer George Bernard, no question 
borrowed the tongue of men and of angels when he wrote in the old rugged cross stained with blood so divine a wondrous beauty I see for twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. Friend, you and I both the saved and the unsaved need to recognize that today, not tomorrow, is when a person should trust uh, the lovely Lord Jesus Christ because of the blood of Calvary. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 29, uh, of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite to the Spirit of grace. Don't miss this. To vainly attempt to get to heaven by the way of works, wafers, water, or worry beads, a.k.a. also known as rosary beads, is to wickedly step on the blood of Christ, and no one goes to heaven because the blood is on their feet. The only way anyone goes to heaven is because the blood is on their heart. I'm closed with this. There was a Scottish botanist who lay, Brother Caldwell, flat on his stomach in a meadow. He was looking through a microscope at a common heather bell. Now the heather bell is uh, uh, a beautiful bell-shaped pink and purple uh, flower that blooms from uh, uh, September or June to September. It seemed, uh, he seemed rather, the Scottish uh, uh, botanist uh, uh, there uh, to be absolutely oblivious to the shepherd near him until his shadow announced his presence. Looking up, the botanist said to the shepherd, take this and look into it. He had handed the shepherd that microscope. The rugged shepherd for the first time saw the heather bell magnified in all of its intricate beauty and marvelous design. As he continued to look, tears began to trickle down his weather-beaten face. Regaining his composure, he said to the botanist, and just to think, I've been trampling these beneath my rough feet all these years. Wait, there's a greater act of sacrilege or wanton desecration one can be guilty of and that is to trample uh, the rose of Sharon and his redemptive blood under our feet by trying to get to heaven another way than the blood-stained path. The blood of Calvary. You see, our text says, Behold, now is the day of salvation. And basic reasons why that you should be saved today and not tomorrow, that you should be saved now and not later, is the brevity of life. Billy Sunday used to say in his meetings, this year could be etched on your headstone. 2020 could be etched on your headstone. 
There are people whose names will appear in a obituary section tomorrow morning of, of the nation's newspapers and whether ill uh, or whether at death's door or whether described or prescribed with a deadly disease, every one of them, uh, Brother Caldwell, was hoping for another day, was wishing for another moment. Every one of them, even at death's door, thought they had more time. The brevity of life. You want to know how brief life is? Go to a cemetery. Look at any headstone. And between that date of birth and that date of death is what's called a dash. And even if the person lived a full and fruitful life, there's still that dash which describes how short the span of our life is. That's why you should be saved today. The heart of our nation broke. Whether you were a basketball fan or not, the heart of our nation broke when last month a famous basketball player and his daughter were killed and several others, whole families, wiped out in a tragic Helicopter accident. And the interesting thing, Brother Caldwell, that helicopter was the best that money could buy. And in one instance, people stepped into eternity. The brevity of life. The beckoning of the Holy Spirit right now. There's a still small voice that's saying to you today, Right now, this Sunday morning, March 5th, 2020, you need to get saved. The beckoning of the Holy Spirit. Who are you to push Him away? Who are you to put Him off? Who are you to say, well, I'll come back tonight and, and I'll probably get saved tonight. There are people in hell who thought they'd come to another night of revival and get saved. The beckoning of the Holy Spirit. The blood of Calvary. The fact that Jesus loved you and I so much that he hung naked between heaven and earth and shed his redemptive blood and laid down his life and rose again from the dead the third day that you and I might be saved ought to be reason enough for you literally to run down an aisle, kneel on an altar, and be birthed in the family of God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.